Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. Some of the most popular workflows that we see is really just getting data from Shopify into Google Sheet or Airtable so that they can do some manipulation with it. Sometimes it has to do with just getting order data to get over into Gorgeous and create a support ticket or listening to something that happens in Yapo and then being able to react with that. Welcome back to Pit Stop. Joining me once again is Ryan O'Donnell. He's the co-founder and chief marketing officer over at ShopHad. And if the name sounds familiar, it's because Mesa, one of their applications, is a sponsor of the podcast. Talked to one of their customers, Jonathan Crawford, a couple weeks ago on Pit Stop. Make sure you go listen to those episodes. But today we are getting into really what Mesa is. So if you've been considering Mesa for your automation, kind of thinking, well, is it the right tool for me? Hopefully we will answer some of those questions today. Ryan, welcome back to Pit Stop. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure to be here. Likewise, always, always a pleasure having you. So let's talk a little bit about, about Mesa. We talked about some of the, the uses in, in general mm-hmm. in the, the previous episode. It can be a great way to automate your repetitive tasks, avoid some burnout, just really keep the, the ball rolling. But in terms of being that ultimate life hack for Shopify, Shopify Plus stores, what is the best way to start thinking of, of Mesa? Mesa is the thing that can... Yeah, like you kind of put a uh, put it nicely is 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 really life hacking <laughs> running your Shopify store. Mesa just helps you get more done, plain and simple. It basically breaks down all those silos and creates your departments and your data in little individual bits of of building blocks like Lego blocks. And then now we can connect them in different ways so that we get better learnings. We can see our business in new light and really start to to create net new experiences and really help our businesses scale where they need to go next. I love the Lego building block example so much more than my cooking example because it's so easy to see how something can, be, can become standardized, whether it's a customer support ticket in, in Gorgeous, a review in Yotpo, subscriber data in Recharge, Clavio status. There's just so much you can do with that information that now all of a sudden, you know, those, those blocks, maybe you build like a little house yeah. or you do something re- really advanced and, and make the Tower Bridge in London uh, out of it. But you can customize it to what you're looking to do. Yeah, I mean, so more that we talked about. Sorry, I was just going to say more more Shopify stores you see. I think Shopify reported that the average Shopify plus store has 20 plus apps on, on, on their given store. So when you think about that, that's, wow. you know, somebody growing you know, using different SaaS tools to get their businesses done. But those those apps don't necessarily talk to one another, right? Or or some of them do, some of them don't. So the more apps that it, it takes to become a successful brand, that makes sense. Well, we need these apps to talk. So how do we do that? We got to mm-hmm. figure out how to break that down and get those apps talking. I mean, 20 apps, if you think about those as, as clients, if you were an account manager managing 20 accounts, yeah. that's a couple hours a week max on each one that you can spend going into the apps, making sure that the, the a, the data is accurate, that it's inst- still installed properly, that it's getting that data where it needs to go, which is, is crazy. I, I mean, I'm not surprised. I think that is the power of the Shopify ecosystem that mm-hmm. you do have all of these different abilities to customize what you need and just different apps 
they can do it your way, maybe do it better, depending where you are. But let's break that down and really, what are the different sort of categories of apps that you can connect into Mesa? There's really a myriad. And here. I'd love to hear some some providers as well, who, who you do work with, so... Yeah, I mean, Mesa Mesa connects to, I want to say, at least 50 to 100 different apps, some of the most popular. We exclusively focus on, on e-commerce. So we're focused on, on some of those popular apps like Klaviyo and Yapo and Gorgeous, but some of the more utilitarian services like just Google Sheets and Google Drive, things that people just use every day in their lives, just going and being able to connect to an email provider. Some of the most popular workflows that we see is really just getting data from Shopify into Google Sheets or Airtable so that they can do some manipulation with it. Sometimes it has to do with just getting order data to get over into Gorgeous and create a support ticket or listening to something that happens in Yapo and then being able to react with that. In, let's notify some staff that a negative review came in or when something, some loyalty points come into Yapo, let's do something with that. Really enable all of our, not just our customers, but our staff as well and all the apps that they use to get things done. Mm -hmm. well, I think that's one thing that I've been impressed by is it feels like every time I go to the, the Mesa webpage, there's, there's new apps being, being added all the time mm -hmm. from, uh, including TikTok, which is, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty powerful mm -hmm. when you, you think about how to really keep everything connected. I remember saying to, to Jonathan, I remember using conduits to move my, my Shopify data to the ESP that I was using at the time. And it was fine, but you can tell that the data is, wasn't really meant to to go together and it was just so it was barely first name last name let alone any sort of order history or yeah or anything yeah I think, at all the thing that's unique i think about mesa at least is that not only do we have and we're, we're constantly building new new app connections to different services but Mesa has this concept of built-in apps, right? Where it's these, it's sort of like these utilitarian functions that help you really massage the data where however you need it to to end up. So if you needed to filter something that came in from Yapo, filter it before it actually goes over to, to Google Sheets or transform it. So every every time the name comes in, we're making sure things are capitalized or or we're doing a, a check to make sure that an email address is actually in the field before we actually import that into Clavio uh, so that we actually get the most accurate data before it actually goes into our system. So we're not dealing with having to clean it up later. So the, the fact that it, it not only has these built-in pre-made integrations, but we actually have these apps that actually help make sure we keep it clean and accurate along the way, I think makes it and really separates it from, from other automation tools. Yeah. And the, my mind is always blown by the most basic things that like the capitalization of first name It you have the autofill that you put in once and it capitalized. And then now every form you put in it is always capitalized. Mm -hmm. but when you get that, that confirmation email or an email down the road and it says Ryan in all capitals, you just, it's such a turnoff to receive right, right away. It just feels like it's been been plugged in there. And it's, you can just even, I mean, the way that I would do it, and I'm, I'm sure there's a better way, but just by bringing it to a Google Sheet, cleaning it into the Google Sheet, and then importing it elsewhere, either to overwrite or make the original file or supplement. There's just so much that you can do. Another thing that's a really interesting use case is the, the e-commerce season tends to really override with the holiday season. I think we're, we're all pretty guilty about leaving our holiday shopping to the last possible minute because we're, we're so heads down and, and focused. What are some other beyond being able to give employees some, some time off during the holidays? What are some other just solid 
workload or firefighting things that, that you've seen merchants really using Mesa for? I think for, certainly during the holiday season and just the firefighting that occurs there, it really relates around managing fraudulent orders as well as anything revolving around shipping notifications. Shopify is excellent, is an excellent e-commerce platform, but they don't have a lot of visibility into the fulfillment side of what happens when an order goes out. And so when you can connect to apps that actually are starting to track your packages, sending notifications to a customer automatically when something is delayed or maybe it's held up in customs or there's an exception status and just being able to get that and be proactive with communication to the customer always results in higher customer satisfaction, higher brand loyalty, higher potential for repeat purchases. So during the holiday season, when we saw from the internal side of being able to protect themselves against fraudulent orders, but then of the orders that were going out, for them to be able to manage the expectations of the potential shipping delays that that were seen and, and experienced, you know, a lot of brands used a lot of different triggers and actions and able to capture those those events and be upfront and honest with their their uh, their customers about potential delays. Yeah, and I wasn't even thinking of uh, shipping delays, which is such such a big one. A for for LTV and customer satisfaction. B yeah. not having to to process someone asking where's my order right. when you can let them know, hey, everything's two or three days delayed, and and you really don't want to go into a customer support death spiral where people email you, you get overwhelmed, they don't hear back, so then they start following up, opening up more tickets. Right. It's a nightmare, right. nightmare to close. Speaking of closing, one last topic to close it out. I think in the the last couple of years, e-commerce has just grown very fast. I know in in a couple of years ago now, in 2020, from sort of I think it was March to June or April to June, those three months, the industry experienced 10 years worth of growth. What trends are you seeing uh, really coming to the e-commerce space, either through the app providers and what's getting a lot of use there, the merchants and what they're doing. What do you see a lot of the trends coming through, coming into e-commerce being? I, I think you're seeing Shopify coin the notion that these plus stores plus merchants are becoming the new enterprise. And I think growing merchants that have started with Shopify are veterans in this trend-setting space where they're becoming, they're redefining what it means to be an enterprise. And and historically, when you look back at playbooks of how to how to grow an e-commerce business, the next logical step is to go find an ERP and connect and centralize all your data. But when you think about where we are now, we're now distributed companies. We're worldwide. We have staff everywhere. Why can't our data live everywhere? Mm-hmm. And as you see it, right, our plus stores are, are 20 plus apps on just what their single Shopify store. Their, their data is distributed as well, as well as their workforce. So it's not so much about adopting these, those old ways of just saying, I need to centralize my workforce in, in an office and I need to centralize my data in an ERP. Those are big, expensive, complex things to implement. And so you're starting to see people say, I don't necessarily need an ERP. I don't necessarily need these big bloated systems to actually be considered a, a scaling, healthy, growing enterprise. It's, it comes down to, can I just connect this information to so that I can get the learnings that I need to, to just keep proceeding and be that nimble, flexible business that, that got me to where I was to, right here, right now. And so I think you're going to start mm-hmm. to see that where you're not really looking to go into those big expensive sectors and they're going to be that they're going to be considered that scrappy entrepreneur again 
But that's what got them there in the first place. And if they keep that mindset and if they keep growing that way, I think they're going to find even more success because of the savings and the things that they're going to be able to benefit from, from not going down those those dark paths of, of bloated systems. I think so as well. And I'll save my thoughts on ERP bloated systems and legacy software providers for the next episode. Don't miss it. I've got some, some hot takes. I'll try to be as diplomatic as possible. Ryan is joining me again next episode. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following wherever you get your podcast. If you haven't told two merchants about pit stop yet, shame on you. You're not doing my promotions for me. That's your job, not mine. So at least make sure you're subscribed. Check out Mesa at getmesa.com, G-E-T-M-E-S-A.com. If you're wondering where to get started, sign up for an onboarding call, sign up, take a trial, see what you can do with a lot of the the out-of-the-box templates to save your workload, save your staff from burnout, and we will see you back here for the next episode. Triple Well is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewell.com and sign up today.